Good morning, Colorado Springs. Sun shining. Beautiful weather is upon us. I don't know. Could be looking at an early, early spring here, right? It's all about the positivity on Fridays. And uh, that is the big premises of why we do this show. And that's why we do the hometown here with Marigolds is to, you know, get your Friday off on a positive note. And uh, hopefully you've been tuning in for a while. You get that. You know, um, we, we've changed the show to doing a day in history, um, uplifting things in history with our great country, and then doing the hometown here on the second segment and bringing in the guest uh, for the third and fourth segment. And that's really the premises of it. it, it it's not meant to be a, you know, left versus right. Um, it's meant to be a, hey, we live in a beautiful country. We have some great history. Let's celebrate it. Let's be patriotic and let's be grateful for the things we have. There's there's so many other countries in this world who are not fortunate to have the freedoms we have, right? And um, that is something that I think can really help you stay in a positive mindset because we live in this world where there can be so much negativity in the news and it can kind of drown you and, and lead to, to stress, right? I mean, you talk about um, the mental stress people incur since even COVID went into place. And so this is an atmosphere to um, be uplifting, to be positive, to celebrate our great country, to bring on a hometown hero, celebrate the people in our community who are serving us day in and day out. We're surrounded by heroes, with our military, with our firefighters, some of the best law enforcement in this country right here in our backyard. And so today we talk about, um, you know, day in history, what happened um, back in uh, March 1st, 1803. Um, talk about some countries joining the United States of America. And uh, Ohio was the 17th country to join back in March 1st, 1803. And uh, then you look at 1867. Nebraska was the 37th uh, country to join the United States of America. And uh, it's very interesting if you haven't had the opportunity to look at the map and look at the different years. There's several websites you can go to and you fast forward through the years and you can see how we became the United States of America. It's pretty fun. Uh, take your kids through it so they know the history um, and, and why um, you know we live in this great country and uh, how it evolved. Very, very fun stuff. So we're going to have the joy of talking with a longtime uh, Colorado Springs Fire uh, Department driver, engineer, firefighter, all the above, um, Jimmy Mondragon. Hopefully I didn't butcher that last name when he comes on here next segment. He can let me know if I'm uh, passing the, the spelling bee this morning or if I'm, uh, if I'm struggling, right? So uh, if you know anybody who uh, is excelling in the community, who's a servant, whether it be nurse, doctor, uh, teacher, um, retired military, active duty military, um, fire department, EMT, any of those things, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can shoot me a text at 719-232-1063. That's 232-1063. And we'll get them on the show. We do an interview, hear a little bit about them, and then the folks at Marigold's reach out and they set up a time for dinner for them and a guest, drinks, dessert. Uh, if you haven't been up to Marigold, check them out. They're off Centennial and now their new location down by the hatch cover off 115 
Phenomenal menu. The, some of the best desserts in town. Um, good drinks, good happy hour. And um, thank you to the owners of Marigolds, the Namis, for every week committing to honoring a hometown hero. And uh, the Patriots, they are. They know how fortunate they are to live in this great country. They're immigrants. And you can see that as you walk through the restaurant as they uh, have the American flag draped out in front. And uh, God bless America on their menu. So um, support them. The small business, um, great people, and patriots of this great country we live in. Make sure you stick around. We're talking with CSFD Jimmy. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back into it here this morning. Beautiful Friday. We're talking with our hometown hero, Jimmy Mondragon. Jimmy, how are you? Doing good this morning. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, am I pronouncing the last name correctly? Mondragon, but Mondragon works. Jeez, that's I'm gonna have to do a lot of practice to get that how you said it. <laughs> um, but hey, that's what the weekends are for. I'm gonna I'm gonna brush up on my uh, my uh, skills pronouncing your last name. So, <laughs> Jimmy, right. go ahead. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Um, so t- I, I know that you know um, you've multiple Stephanie, Jason. Um, you know they've said unbelievable things about you. They say you got to have this guy on the show. He's a stud. And um, 30 years as a firefighter, um, was that all here in the Springs? Yeah, I was born and raised here, and I was lucky enough to serve the community here. That's And, and so uh, where were you? Uh, where'd you grow up? What part of town? I grew up on the south end, graduated from Harrison. That's fantastic. That's great. And you play any sports there? Uh, football and wrestling. How was your football team back in the day? That was pretty bad. We were like... Two and eight my senior year. Ate a lot of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you played all four years, you know? Yes, I, I did. That and wrestling. So that was that was our go-to. Was the wrestling better? Um, I wasn't too bad, but wasn't the best, but I enjoyed it. It was good. It's a very good sport. <laughs> That's great. So after <laughs> after high school, what'd you do? I went to CU pre-med. And, well, didn't finish that and ended up pulling hose for 30 years. Wait, say that again? You went up to see you to do pre-med and then what? And then I just ended up pulling hose for 30 years, fire department. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I quite uh, heard that correctly, so I wanted to make make sure... Uh, that so happens. yeah, yeah. So you come back to the Springs, bring us through how that looks, um, going to the Academy, figuring out what your role is going to be on the fire department. Well, when I first got in, it's kind of one of not the, the big story that most kids want to be a firefighter when they grow up. Mine kind of just happened when they say you're better lucky than good. That's what happened with me, how I got on, but I came back and ended up getting married, had a couple kids working construction had a friend of mine say, hey, fire department's hiring. Would you want to go? We'll grab a beer after. Sounded like a good day to me. I ended up getting on. He's still doing construction now. <laughs> Dude, well, hey, at least he bought you the beer. Yeah, still worked out in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. So uh, what was your first role with the fire department? Um, you walk in as a firefighter and you're fourth class and you work your way up to first class. And then after, I believe it's three or five years, you can start promoting, depending on what you're going for. I became a paramedic, went to paramedic school through Springs Fire. 
I was a paramedic for quite a few years on paper 10, almost 10, in position 5. And I went to driver, and I was driver in the end, turned out to be almost 20 years, and then I went to officer's academy, and I was an acting officer for quite a few years there also. So I sat in every seat, literally. Jeez. And so you start as a firefighter, then you became paramedic. How does that, for the listeners who aren't savvy with the fire department, the roles, how does that change um, moving from that position to the paramedic? So it's just the medical portion. Every firefighter on Springs Fire Department is an EMT basic, and it's a promotion up to EMTP, which is paramedic. So your responsibilities are different, but as a team, you always work together, and everybody there is still EMT certified. The only thing an ambulance does in the city of Colorado Springs that fire department does medically is transport, and we do have transporting units with the fire department also if needed. Okay. And then from that position, you go and become driver. What station was that out of? When I first was driving, I want to say station one. So it's it was downtown. I was downtown quite about the first uh, 15, 20 years of my service. I was in the busier stations downtown, down south. And then as I got a little older, I went to the slower stations and enjoyed those towards the end. They put you out to the pastor, huh? <laughs> I put myself out to the pastor. <laughs> it's a young man's game. Yeah, you said, I don't need all that adrenaline rush and being up all night. <laughs> yeah. So um, as a driver, from what I've heard, is you have to memorize all the all the streets. You're not using um, – G- you're not relying on – you may have using GPS as backup, you can tell us, um, but you're having to go off memory is where these addresses are located. Is that correct? That is correct. They do have maps that are in the station and they go by, you know, echoes and certain letters that have in there and you can actually go to that area of the map so it narrows it down, but you can look at it. And for each district that you're in, you can pretty much try to memorize your district that you're driving for, but you can get moved around all the time. So GPS does help. Yeah, but also, I mean, GPS isn't perfect, right? So it's like... No, you, you that's get... guaranteed. That, that old technology ain't as, as good as they say they are. I know. No kidding. So you guys get the call, comes in to the station, and then what's your role as far as getting... I mean, who's the leader of getting everyone out, or is everyone getting to the truck themselves, and um, you have somebody helping you get to the location? Walk us through how a call looks. So a typical call, when the, when the alarm goes off, there's station lights that pop on. Then the announcement comes in telling you what it is, as if it's as a medical, a hazmat, a fire, whatever the situation is, and everybody gets up on their own. You're on your own. They want you to be on that apparatus within sight. I want to say 90 seconds you should be out that door going down the road, being prepared on what you're going to do when you get there. So. And, as you're driving, dispatch will give you more explanation of what the call is before you get there. Okay. And who's your co-pilot up there? So it's the driver, then the officer is up front. So the two front seaters are the officers and the driver. The two back seaters are the paramedic and the firefighter. Okay. So you guys are the leadership roles is in the in the front. Yeah, as they say. So the leader is the officer, and they say just – out of tradition, the second in charge is the driver. 
Okay, you roll up to the scene. It's a um, fire, structure fire. Who's going in? What, how do the rolls disperse throughout that situation? That depends on the size of the fire and how you size it up. If it's uh, a single alarm, double alarm, triple alarm, whatever it becomes, the officer takes the main role. Does he take command? Does he decide to go in? Driver stays out with the apparatus. Firefighter does the hoses on the hydrants, helps the driver set up whatever he needs to set up. And then usually, depending on the fire, officer can stay outside with the driver and the paramedic and the firefighter go in to start. But it's two in, two out always. Okay, so there's how often were you, I mean, being a driver, being with the apparatus or give us just like a percentage or how often were you having to go in? Well, during my driving part of the career, I didn't go in too often unless when I was with a truck company. So there's a difference between an engine company and a truck company. The big ladder on them Mm -hmm. are called trucks and they called the other ones engines because they had the engine that did the hoses. But as a driver on a truck company, you went in more, you climbed roofs, you went on searches, you did certain things. As an engine company, you don't go in as often because you're manning the hoses to give them water to put out that fire. Okay, got it. So um, you said their last position, you went from driver to? No, it was just as a driver, I I went through the officer's academy and I got my acting officer, which is basically if the officer is not there or present, I can take his role and they'll have a relief driver take my role. So there's different people. So basically... You could call it like an assistant manager. If the manager's not there, assistant takes in. If the driver can't drive, there's guys that are certified that can take over at that point. So you have backups. Okay, I'm tracking now. So um, you was it exactly 30 years that you served? It, I served 29 years and one month, and they have a program where you can buy time. So I bought my last few months. That makes it 30 Okay. There so you go. it would be it would be actually thirty years that I got hired would be this month in March. Well, good for you. That's a that's a long time, um, you know, to be to be serving the community. Tell us, we got about a minute left here. Just give us a couple golden nuggets. The time um, that you or, or excuse me, what you learned with your time uh, serving on the department. I learned it's a good community out there. There's a lot of good people out there that need help. I know as being on the Springs Fire Department, it's a team effort. It's 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 an I helped. I helped with this. I helped with that. We helped everything together. It's it's a team effort. So that that's the thing that I enjoyed. I enjoyed it through sports. I enjoyed it through my job. And it actually became something that's just, it's not an I, I, I thing. It's a we thing. Well, that's, I mean, it's important. We've had a lot of. We've been, you know, fortunate to have a lot of fire uh, fighters on this show and um, talk with a lot of them, and they resonate the same thing. You know, it's really a, it's really a team effort, and um, we appreciate you, Jimmy, for taking the time to share your story with us this morning, and just for the three decades of service you serve in our community here, and uh, the folks at Marigolds are gonna reach out to you and uh, treat you and a guest to dinner and. Uh, drinks and dessert is just uh thank you for everything you've done i really appreciate it thank you you got it jimmy you hey i'm gonna try it one more time mondragon is that better mondragon okay all right i'll keep practicing
<laughs> All right, Jimmy, have a great weekend. You too, thank you. All right, folks, another hometown hero there. That's a fun one. Quite a long time serving this community, 30 years as a firefighter. Boy, we are blessed to have people like that step up to the plate and make Colorado Springs what it is. And thank you to the folks at Marigolds for um, offering this hometown hero every week. Remember, they're located off Centennial and uh, their new location down south off 115. You're going to hear from ABC News, and then we'll be right back here on The Extra. Okay, folks, we're back into it here. A couple of great segments um, going there with uh, Firefighter and uh, Dane History of the USA, and we're cruising into some small business now, um, which is fun. We always try to support the small business in this town. We're talking with a better soil solution, talking with uh, John and Andrew. We even got Nate here for moral support. We're going to bring him in. We're going to make sure he gets on the mic before he leaves, though. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good morning, Justin. All right. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how this came along. You guys have been in business for about a year, um, you know, and what you guys are trying to accomplish, how you're trying to serve the community. Yeah, we first started, um, we've been in business now for a, a year. Um, we were kind of working with a different engineering firm in the Springs, another small business, GeoQuest. Um, they were doing kind of engineering stuff and soil testing. And um, about a year ago, it was kind of proposed to me that I could take over the soil side of the business because I kind of had more affinity for um, soil testing and stuff like that. Um, so I went ahead and I went ahead and purchased, I got these guys together with me and we purchased the soil lab and all the equipment and stuff. And we've been running it now for a year and we're still here. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're in a little bit of a time, right? Where the building is a little bit slower. I mean, tell us how you're seeing that pace. Um, you're obviously in the industry before, didn't own your own company, but tell us how you've seen that change over the last few years. Yeah, for GeoQuest, I think they were pretty busy for kind of 10 years straight. And so when we took it over, we were pretty busy that first year of like, oh yeah, this is definitely going to work. And Mm -hmm. um, we definitely had like a slow time during the winter time that we're finally kind of breaking through. Um, But yeah, we're kind of seeing the housing market a little bit um, worse for wear at the moment and people aren't building and um, money's expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, costs are going up and stuff like that. So we're trying to like kind of maintain cause we know mm-hmm. like, you know, in the Springs it's, it's a huge market down here, um, and, and the surrounding areas. So we're just kind of trying to, um, kind of get our foot in the door a little bit and compete with some of these other companies and, and kind of provide services that people can use going forward. Yeah. And I tell you what, with how many VA purchases we have, it's very interest rate sensitive, right? So it's different than areas you guys talk about. You serve um, up in Golden. You know, that area is probably a little more heavy cash down, conventional purchases, a little less uh, sensitive interest rate. But here when you're financing, you know, you say half a million dollar home and you're financing the whole 500000 on a VA loan compared to somebody who might be putting a 100K down conventional, it, it definitely in my opinion, impacts the the building. The the rates have uh, even more of an impact in an area like Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so tell us, um, we got uh, John here too. John, you said you served in the Marines. I did, yes, four years. Good for you. Good for you. So veteran, veteran-owned company too. It is, yes. Yeah, and yeah. then you were fire department down in New Mexico? Yeah, down in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I was down there for about 19 years and then four years in the Marine Corps. That's great. That's great. Well, we appreciate your service. And uh, I uh, was telling John, we're going to have him on, hometown hero, you know, sometime in the next month. We'll <laughs> yeah, dig into great. Yeah, dig into a little more, kind of sure. your time in the Marines and fire department. Um, so tell us about the areas you guys, um, you're serving right now. 
Um, mostly we serve like El Paso County, but we've gone down to Pueblo and Westcliff. We've gone out to Canyon City, Divide, um, Cripple Creek. Um, we go up to Golden, Denver, Elizabeth, Kiowa, Elbert. Um, so really all of kind of Southern Colorado, I would kind of call it. Yeah. What's a majority of your business? Where would you say, give us some percentage breakdowns. I would say probably, I don't know, 60, 70% is probably El Paso County. Okay. We do probably like 30% out on kind of the Western side of things, like in the mountains and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Yeah, Douglas and Teller County, a lot in Peyton and Falcon. It's a growing area, huh? Yeah, Peyton and Falcon's growing pretty quick, and Callahan too. Mm -hmm. Um, So everybody's just trying to expand out there right now, or or west on the mountains too. So those kind of sides of things, we see a lot of growth right now. And uh, what we're, we're going to have a commercial break here, but we're going to come back. I want to dig in a little bit more about areas that are more susceptible to having issues with soils um, and kind of what you guys do with on the commercial side of things. And I think it'd be fun to even talk about with all that growth out east, kind of how what type of soils you guys are seeing out there and how it compares to stuff on the west side. Yeah, for sure. You guys up with that? You're going to you're gonna hang with me here <laughs> in the studio or you're going to leave? No, yeah, we'll make it. We'll yeah. make it. Okay. All right. I'm not annoying you yet. Huh? Okay. All right, folks. We're going to have a commercial break. We'll be right back here. You're listening to Cardio, the extra. Okay. Got it. Okay. We're back. We're back. We're chit-chatting a little bit. Um, got a lot of interesting stuff coming up here. We got about 10 minutes left on the show. And uh, the, just talking with these gentlemen about um, – ADUs, stuff downtown, building barns, and this is something we've seen more of because people have low interest rates, right? So they got an interest rate of three and a half, you know, some people in the twos, and they go, we're not going to move and get a bigger home because the interest rate's so much higher, we're going to build an ADU, we're going to expand, we're going to maybe build a barn with living above. And so kind of walk us through um, how that process looks and the importance of getting a good soils test. Yeah, for sure. Um, Usually a lot of these homes, like you can use an existing soil test if you have one. The problem is in Colorado, a lot of these homes were built in like the 20s, 30s, 40s, even up to the 80s. They are not going to have soil tests. So in order to- When's that cutoff? Is it 90s you start seeing I think it's 80, 85, somewhere in there is kind of the cutoff of of like when soil tests kind of started to kind of become a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your house was built before that, and a lot of the ones are, especially kind of downtown Colorado Springs, where you kind of want to put these ADUs, yeah. um, they're not going to have soil tests. So, and the building department requires that all new builds have soils tests before you begin. Not only it helps you guys know exactly kind of what to expect as far as, um, like, are you going to have to remove the dirt and replace it? Or are you going to have to go with helical piers? Um, or can you just build on like the native soil, but it also helps your engineer figure out kind of. Um, exactly what type of foundation to put on there to kind of help you save money as well. Yeah. So is it, do you have to have it if you're just building a garage or is it if there's a a living unit? I believe it's, if it's under 500 square feet, you don't need a a classic soil test, but if it's over 500 square feet, you will need um, kind of a more um, comprehensive soil test. So what does that run for somebody who says, Hey, I want to do something over 500 square feet, you know, down in, by uh, Patty Jewett, let's say. Um, lot of, uh, lots zoned R2. And what that means, folks, is it's zoned for two dwelling units. Um, and uh, you need that zoning to um, build build a separate um, dwelling unit and a lot of them back to the alley. And that's why it's um, convenient for them to do that. So what, what are some of the costs people incur and how long does that process take if you know, they're just trying to get, know if their soil, what they have to do to build on 
you know, the soils in their backyard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're kind of the first step of, of the building process for anybody. Um, so they could call us and, and we could come out and drill something for you. Um, our starting price for residential soil tests is 1250 um, And that's kind of like the lowest price of the whole building process. Your wood, your concrete guys, all your engineering is going to be a lot more than that. So we're kind of like the lowest in the first step um, of, of any building process that you have. So what, uh, how do people get a hold of you? Um, they could contact us through our email, which is a better soil solution at gmail.com. Um, they could also reach out to our website, which is www.abettersoilsolution.com. Okay. And there's some people who have commercial property, right? And maybe even in old Colorado City where you got some mixed zoning, stuff like that, and you still have vacant lots people are looking to build on. Um, bring us through that process and what you're seeing as far as um, the percentage of commercial compared to residential? Mm -hmm. So most of the time, I would say most of what we do is residential and we're trying to break into more of the commercial world because um, as you see, there's a lot of commercial stuff going up as well. Um, it's kind of the same process. You you Basically, you'll have a site plan or, or figure out what you want to build and where you want to build. You usually put up your stakes and then call us out um, and then we drill down, we take our samples, we go back to our in-house laboratory, test the samples, figure out like the rate of swell and consolidation of the soils, um, classify all the soils, and then we'll write up a report for you that you could go ahead and get your permits or take to an engineer and they could design the rest of the building for you. Yeah. And folks, this is important in certain areas of town. You're putting in helical piers. Um, obviously, you've seen stuff about, you know, certain areas of Broadmoor Bluffs in the news, um, Rock Rimmon. And uh, tell us a little bit about those areas um, and some of maybe the other susceptible areas in town that um, didn't make the front page of the paper, right? Where you're saying, hey, you know, there's some serious mitigation that needs to be done in these kind of hot pockets of the springs. Yeah, there's definitely Colorado varies very differently in that, you know, 20 feet away, you could have a pocket of clay and then, you know, 50 feet in the other direction, it could be all sand, which is great to build on. So um, I think we had somebody recently where it was like, we drilled one hole, it was straight clay and we drilled another hole 50 feet away and it was straight sand. So we kind of directed them to kind of build more on the sand stuff and they could save fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 by not having to remove some of that clay. So I definitely say kind of the western side of things, west of I-25, is more susceptible to that clay and that expansion potential that you see in the clay. Out east, the more you go out east, there's pockets of clay here and there, but most of the time it's sand and um, not really susceptible to some of that expansive clay that we tend to see. Yeah, and the, the growth we're seeing out east is unbelievable. I mean, it's just continued growth. And I think a lot of it is people, uh, you know, they get on the acreage out there, they want to get away from... Um, the, that's the one negative thing about the springs growing so much. People go, hey, I'm trying to get a little more elbow room. And when I first moved to this city 20 years ago, that's what I had, yeah. right? And so we're seeing more people um, building out there. And you have a lot of outbuildings that people are building. You have people who are building onto their homes. We talked about how interest rates over the break are low. And so instead of moving, people are going, hey, we'll just expand and build an addition or build an ADU off the back. Or Is that a good amount of the business you're seeing? Yes, I say a lot of the business we see is, is ADUs um, to kind of capitalize on some maybe potential increased income mm -hmm. for themselves, um, a lot of additions. And then, yeah, out east, we're kind of seeing more of the new homes kind of sprout up a little bit. 
Yeah, and people building outbuildings yeah. out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you got Barnuminiums. Barn, are you guys yeah. familiar with that? Barnuminiums are very popular. Um, so we're seeing a lot of those, especially out east as well, where you could kind of drill your piers in the ground. You don't have to worry about um, drains. You could kind of more easily figure out what type of foundation to use on like worse soil um, with a barn dominium. So those are always kind of a good option to use on kind of bad soil out there. Yeah. There's some pockets of communities right that out there off of, um, what's the, well, as you go past the airport, the small little airport there, I'm drawing a huge blank. I should know this. You know, the Meadow Lake, small little airport. Is that? Yeah. The Meadow Lake airport. Judge Orr. Yeah. Judge Orr. Okay. So yeah, you go, yeah, you go down Judge Orr and then, uh, you get about what I think seven or eight miles down, and then on the south side, um, I have a friend who built a barnuminium out there, and that seems to be a popular choice for people. And insurance-wise, um, it keeps the insurance much lower. And as you see, we're having huge costs of insurance going up. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, have you guys done a barnuminium soils test for yet? Oh yes, yeah, several. Yeah. And okay. yeah, I think out by the Meadow Lake Airport, and specifically, we've also done you know several soil tests out there. For yeah. the most part, out there, I think it's good soil. That's good because a lot of people haven't heard of the um, Barnuminiums, you know, yeah. and how they've and how they've developed over the well, and especially you know for the construction costs of you know having to save on concrete and kind of mm-hmm. wood, a lot of those kind of metal buildings that you see and can buy in those kits are actually a really good cost-effective option to build a house under you know two hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. So where would you say is the most growth in all of Colorado right now? I mean, you guys are seeing it from the ground up, right? So what do you what do you think maybe are some of the hot pockets or even here in town uh, that you say hey this is uh you know seems to be a really expanding area yeah so my my part in all this is I do a lot of the inspections so I'm driving around town um, most days and I see a lot of new um, out east specifically like off of Judge Orr mm-hmm. Peyton Highway Falcon Highway there's a lot of subdivisions that are being put up out there and they're not they're more custom built subdivisions. So if you get property out there, um, it's going to most likely be on a few acres at least. Um, but there are huge subdivisions out there that, you know, have 50, 60, up, you know, over 100 lots, and they're all custom-built homes by some of the bigger builders. So that is typically more so what I see is new development and growth for residential is kind of that trend more so than the cookie-cutter home like, you know, um, I guess Oakwood Homes and some of those other places. like. Yeah, that. so you're seeing, it, you, you know, and that makes sense. You're, the main pull for being out there is getting some some acreage. Yes, you yeah. know, and that's what people aren't able to get in these. Uh, a lot of the developments that are new developments, um, you know, they seem to be packing them in tighter and tighter. Um, so your lot size is getting smaller and smaller, and I think that's yeah. why, why you hit the nail on the head. People are gravitating to be a little bit further out east to get that elbow room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys, we got 30 seconds left. Why don't you uh, throw out your contact info one more time? Um, yeah, phone number would be good too. Yeah, you guys could contact us on our website, which is www.abettersoilsolution.com. Um, you could always shoot us an email at um, abettersoilsolution at gmail.com. Um, and then you could call or text either one of us, me or John, at 719-232-5181 or 719-661-4528. Okay, fantastic. Fellas, thanks for taking the time to come in today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. You got it. Okay, folks, that's another show of the extra in the books. You have Tom Martino joining you next.